Hello and welcome to Your Vision podcast and I'm your host Hannah Kupoli. It's a real pleasure to have you all here with me today and on today's episode I am so excited to welcome my amazing guest Gillian Simpson and she'll be talking all about how to start a medical business. So to all our wonderful listeners if you are interested in healthcare and you would love to actually um, be self-employed, or maybe you could start your own healthcare business because there is actually a demand for private healthcare and is actually on the rising. So, you know, this is the platform for you to actually get so much information today from my guest. And remember that healthcare is one of the is one of those services that you will always that it will always be in demand. And so it's important that you are on this platform today to listen to my amazing guest. But just before my guest um, you know starts to share many strategies and tips, I just want to quickly introduce her so that you have a clear vision of who she is. So Gillian Simpson, she is a Georgia native. She has over 11 years in allied health background, started as certified medical assistant, working in urgent care centers and physician groups until 2015, when she returned to school to pursue the profession as certified nursing assistant. Now she's been able to actually have so many certifications, such as medical assistant, nursing assistant, restoration, care nurse Haid and many, many more. She actually has a fantastic um, Bachelor of Science in general psychology and amazing concentrated in behavioral health. She has won so many awards and she's been able to actually start her amazing business post-surgery home care company in August the 1st, 2017. And she has been giving an amazing award from different types of company to be able to continue to elevate her. So without further ado, please welcome my amazing guest, Gillian. So good to see you, Queen. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Miss Hannah. This is such a great opportunity to sit down and talk with you and to all your viewers about how to build your or start your medical business. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. It's so good to see you. And today we're going to be talking all about how to basically know the kind of qualifications, you know, healthcare providers need. And also we're going to look into the legalities as well as choosing a location, right, you know, for your business and also diving into, you know, incorporating technology into the medical business, as well as choosing a specific, you know, speciality. So, now let's get started. So, you know, what motivated you to actually start working in this sector? I would say um, starting as a, a little girl, um, I was raised with my mom and my grandmother. And many times I will assist my grandmother in things that she would need to have done around the house. Um, and that was really the, the framework of what is now. Um, right. From there, I you know, did internships at, at medical examiner centers. And then I decided to pursue my medical assistant. And that's where I really got the formal training in healthcare as a healthcare professional. 
That's truly amazing. I love the inspiration behind that. And so, you know, what type of challenges have you actually faced or encountered in this journey? Because sometimes when we embark on a journey, it's there's always that kind of hurdles on the way sometimes. So, you know, if you can share one or two things that you've actually encountered and how you've actually overcome it. Oh, well, I would say one of the major um, um challenges that I had in starting my business was um, from 20, 2015 to 2018, I was going through a huge divorce. So wow. that was that was definitely the 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 freshness of start mm. when I was starting my business and working. So overcoming that and going through the challenges of divorce and money and and having the money set aside to um, start the business, it definitely was definitely one of the major challenges um, that I have overcame and yeah. seeing um, seeing the business blossom through that time. And Amazing. I'm, yeah, that, that definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you actually overcome it? Because obviously divorce is something that it takes a long time you know, it's a journey on, on its own. And um, how did you actually overcome it? How did you even manage during those times? Well, I'm gonna tell you, it it was very challenging because um, 2017, when I launched, um, I was working as a hospice aide at the time and the, the job was fading out. So um, it wasn't really a lot of money coming in, um, still also paying my attorney um, to represent me. And so I took that as an opportunity to, to leap into business, mm -hmm. but I didn't really understand that it was going to be seriously a lot of emotional breakdown um, in going through that journey alone and not really having um, that great support of business. Um, definitely yeah. had the support from my family regarding the divorce and starting the business. But it was it was very challenging. Finances um, were were very low um, emotionally. Just trying to stay um, afloat to where I'm there for my daughter. We we had a at the time she was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So um, battling that and also custody battle um, combined together. So it was a lot of things and looking for work um, after I started the business. It a, a, a lot of things were just unveiling itself and unraveling and and just with my faith in God really mm -hmm. was the was was the only rope of hope that I had to say that I'm in the storm now but I will come out and I will come out stronger and with such a powerful testimony yeah knowing that when 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 your world is falling apart um, that there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Um, and sometimes you have to lose big to win even bigger. Oh, wow. You're just dropping it today, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You have to lose big to be able to... <laughs> win bigger. <laughs> to win bigger. Absolutely. You have definitely won. And I just want to say how much I'm so proud of you. When I look at all your accolades... 
I can't even say, oh, there's so many achievements. You know, what has been your major accomplishments to date? To date? I, I, I would say this one is has topped the, the, the second one with having my first publication in feature in a magazine. Come on, girl. <laughs> yes, so this would be the first actually having an interview that is internationally broadcast and known. So yes, absolutely. Um, this is now like this is number one. Let's this up. <laughs> yes, this is where we actually spotlight queens from around the world in business birth your vision. You've actually birthed an amazing vision. And we're going to talk a lot more about that very, very soon. But, you know, um, what was it like when you decided to kind of start this business? Um, what was going through your mind when you now embarked on this? I was really thinking of, I can do so much more. I have accomplished all that I needed to learn um, as a employee with my current job at the moment and, and, and before. Mm -hmm. And I just really felt that I got, I gathered all those skills and said, okay, we have put in from starting from 2009, graduating from medical assistant school to now 2015, that's a good six years already that I was working, I said, well, now it's time for me to go to the next level. Um, I'm very much big on about progression mm -hmm. is that once you reach a point and you'll know um, that it's time to say, okay, enough of this now is to the next. Yes. The next is more challenges, but with the skills that I have acquired, um, not just as in vocational skill, but people skills and challenging, um, you know, going through different challenges, mm. I felt that it prepared me for the beginning of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. I mean, what is your um, advice to those who are already in the field of medical line and they are working at the moment, but they're actually aspiring to actually own their own medical practice or, you know, medical center? Um, what is your advice for them? Um, I would say if they're still currently working in their employer mm. is that get all the resources that they have available. Um, not meaning as in, in that one Institute, but if they are partnering with other um, organizations that can build up your skills more before yeah. you launch, it will be so important organizations. Um, networking is so huge because it's going to be your it's going to be your safety net to yeah. where you can talk to people mm. uh, get referrals get resources that you may not know about so before you cut the cord yeah <laughs> you want to tap into as much as possible i mean gather everything as you can and so you can be as strong as possible when you do launch Absolutely. So what really keeps you motivated to keep going? Where do you draw your strength from? Um, number one, my faith. That's number one. And number two, um, my business is such an empowerment to me of just seeing that I can make my own decisions on how I want my business to be. Hmm. And that alone is 
is is is very empowering to know that I can use all my skills, which is now is my superpower to yes. empower my patients who are preparing for surgery and who are coming out of surgery. And so mm. um, that really, those two are definitely my great motivation and, and my daughter. Um, definitely her seeing her mother uh, birth her vision and living out her vision is giving her the inspiration to know that it's possible. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. And, you know, so just tell our listeners the name of your business and the type of services that you offer. Um, the name of my business is Post-Surgery Care of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, we're located in the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're located in Atlanta, Georgia, and we care for patients who are returning home from surgery. We incorporate um, Western medicine and naturopathic approach together in helping patients to prepare and to heal from surgery. Fantastic. That's awesome. So obviously your job, you know, your business entails some level of stress sometimes. So how do you kind of manage um any stress levels and also, you know, respite. What do you do for respite? Um, I'm a, I, I, I have a mental health counselor that I stay close with. <laughs> so we'll be full transparency. So yeah, I, that's good. And um, I talk with him and he definitely helps me through those times where work or just life gets very difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I also have partnered with a psychology firm um, with a list of licensed professional psychologists, psych psychiatric um, psychiatrists who, who I have in place to help my patients um, mm. with their emotional and mental um, uh, state while they're preparing and recovering from surgery. So um, I would say that's definitely the calling of my business is really focusing on the mental, the emotional hmm. aspect of the person. Absolutely. I love that you have the mental health advisor, which is really key. I mean, how important is it? Do you think that it's very vital for women to have um, such a professional person within their network, especially if their work or their business, you know, is quite stressful? Oh, it's very important because, yeah. um, we're naturally caregivers. We're naturally, we, we carry things from within. Yeah. Um, many times we feel like we're not, but we're naturally, we yeah. carry things from within and we birth them out. So if we're taking in a lot of stress and it stays in, it becomes very toxic. Yes. And so it, it blocks the creativity and also it blocks blessings that, that wants mm -hmm. to come to us. So it's so important to have a licensed mental health professional just to, mm. just, just to check in. Yeah, check in on, you know, what's going on and how you can actually move on. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So, you know, talking about your amazing business that you've been in for the past few years, um, let's break down for those who are listening to today's podcast who are actually thinking of starting a medical business. Um, let's talk about, you know, choosing speciality because obviously there are many different kinds of healthcare businesses. And, you know, you and I know that any business with products or services, 
um, that can improve someone's physical, mental, or even emotional health um, generally falls on the dissector. And so, for example, it could be fitness and it could be maybe a living carer. So, you know, what advice do you have for those who are struggling to choose a speciality where they can focus on um, within the medical sector? Um, I would say when, when I first started my business, yeah, um, I was not per se doing surgical, surgical care. I started um with what I was right. doing geriatric. And so I said, well, hey, mm. I just want to just be a personal care assistant business where I'll help people to get showers. Um, and yeah. that did pretty well, but it it, it just wasn't it. And it, it's, it's one of those things where you have to, many times you start with what you've been doing, what, mm. what you've been great at doing, what you right. love to do. And you just gotta allow it to evolve, and you and, and and also be honest with yourself with saying, "Well, this is great. I'm I'm used to this. This is what I do, but I want to go further. I want to go deeper. I want I wanted to be more specific on what I really wanted to target, and I wanted wanted something that truly um, matters um, to society. Yes." And, and that's where I went into surgical care and the whole mental, emotional aspect of the wellness, they came further along down the line. Mm. So it's, it's, it's business is a, is a uh, puzzle. You start with one piece and, mm-hmm. and you work that and you start finding other pieces. And when you are networking with others, you start getting insight. Inside. on what should be my next move how should Inside. i hmm. um how as and also as you as a person if you're when you're evolving as an individual as a woman things are going to come up as as ideas to add into your business that where you didn't start at first now you're here and is is it's very important to to take what you've been doing yes. um, and just work it and allow the process, allow the insight mm-hmm. um, from your your belief system to guide you to what is the next step? How should I, how should the business evolve into? Um, not so much of what other people think you should do, but what what's was calling me to the next level and what absolutely yeah for sure definitely because looking at your bio you've actually had so many different experiences you know with different types of sector you know within the medical unit which is really amazing and you know looking at your amazing um accolades it's so remarkable so congratulations um once again and so, you know, our listeners are also looking at qualifications when it comes to starting, you know, a medical business, because I'm, I'm aware that, you know, when you're starting a healthcare business, you probably need to establish um, who you're going to actually be providing the care for. And, you know, it's important that um, they are able to actually have the appropriate qualifications to be able to operate and also compliantly and ethically. So if you can just explain which qualifications um, healthcare providers need, you know, to be able to start their journey 
into having their own business? I would say the first thing is, and and and, and I'm a true believer in education. Hmm. Um, education to the point of not so much that it has to be the the huge educational institute as in a college or, or like a university, but whatever that you're wanting to get into, let's say if it's not if 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 you're a banker and you want to get into the biz in the medical business, I will say it's good for you to get some um, to talk with some healthcare workers um, who are doing the ideal business that you would like to to actually get into. Um, that would be the first thing to do. Do your research um, and also get the form, get some level of formal education in the backdrop of the theory of, of, of the business that you want to go into, because um, many times I see, especially in the home care, is that you have a lot of people where they're retirees, they have worked their industry that they have mastered in, they've done very well, they've made a lot of money, but they go into the home care in- industry as a retirement account. Mm. It's a way for me to get more money in and not really have to touch my retirement account, just kind of mm have that um, passive income. And so, but with that, and that's fine, but there's no understanding of, of, the, of the theory of the thing of, of you hiring these healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you, do you, un, do you have the, the sensitivity and the knowledge of what's, what your workers are going through or with your patients or your clients that you are wanting to recruit so mm-hmm. there definitely need to be um, a compassionate check and also a theory check in learning um, theoretically what this business entails mm-hmm. and what your workers are are are, are going through, yeah. um, your future workers. So I definitely um, see a lot of that where um, you see a lot of money being passed around in mm-hmm. different industries, especially medical business. But there's not really a true understanding of the grunt work and the under, and the uh, the understanding of sensitivity and the theory behind why things run how they run, and is this something how I should run my business if mm-hmm. I decide to go into the medical business? So um, there truly is a, a process in it, um, getting into the medical business, networking. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you are being compliant, code of ethics, that you are conducting as such to where it doesn't get you in trouble. Language, also um, body body language, the way how you're speaking, um, finances. Um, is it find out? Is it ethical and unethical to receive financial gifts? How should I go about addressing that? Um, so there's there's a lot more moving parts um, that a lot of times that's that's not being discussed. Mm, absolutely. So when we talk about the legal requirements um, in the medical sector, and I understand that um, depending on the service that you offer, um, you probably need to follow strict sets guidelines to be able to ensure that you comply and that you know you're not comp- you know compromising your your patient's health and so you know there are legal requirements when it comes to you know starting your own medical business so if you can just share um, what those are to our listeners um definitely number one hmm. um, 
every state has their own um, scope of practice. Um, some um, they give, you know, for example, medical assistance mm-hmm. in Georgia. They have, you know, say that hey, we can we can give injections, but CNAs cannot give injections in certain sectors of the healthcare in in certain environments. So it gets very tricky in that you have to really read, you really have to read um, the law and the scope of practice in different environments, what is acceptable and what is not, Um, what is what is completely illegal and what is it, it is legal within that particular scope of practice. Mm-hmm. If you have a doctor, MP, um, LPN, medical assistant, CNA, um, how um, and knowing those scopes so you won't jeopardize your business in getting cited or you harming the patient, number one, um, in harming the patient because you're authorizing a, a duty to someone who's not authorized to do it by that particular state. So um, you definitely want to have your scope of practice close by. Um, definitely have your business attorney close by, <laughs> and and malpractice insurance. Um, that's that's definitely one thing I tell um, a lot of my my fellow healthcare workers before you touch anyone. You want to make sure that you are protected, at least with your malpractice insurance, because anything can happen. Um, and if you're if you don't have that protection, it can be really bad. And even if you are not working alone, but you're working in a facility, let's say as a 1099 or as a W-2, it's always good to have that malpractice insurance on hand that you have to protect you because the patient word is going to oversee yours Mm -hmm. in this time and how with COVID everyone is protecting themselves. So you make sure that you are protecting you legally on every side. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. And, you know, I was just looking at location because, you know, when it comes to starting a business location is definitely key Mm -hmm. um, is important. And the type of business um, that you start should actually influence it, isn't it? So when it comes to choosing a location, what would you suggest? Um, so, for example, those who are looking at starting a childcare, um, you know, facility, they'll probably look at looking for location around schools or maybe churches or something like that. And those who are probably going into dentistry or maybe healthcare centers will be looking at positioning themselves near an office you know, um, you know, different places like libraries or, you know, different types of um, places, residential areas and stuff like that. So when it comes to location, what are the things that people need to look out for? I'm going to tell you, when it comes to location and finding, that is something that I am starting to learn. Um, Post-Surgery Care of Atlanta is a home-based business, so I don't have a physical location at the moment. Okay. But I can't say from from my learning from SBA score, um, many uh, they they have definitely have advised us that before you even think about location, is that definitely you want to check your finances, make sure that you can afford um, the rent, 
Um, definitely, you also want to check this with um, do your research in the business uh, probability in that area. How are the other businesses are doing, and are there other businesses doing what you're doing? Have locations nearby, and how well are they doing? So. Um, definitely location location is very important mm. but lo but those premium locations are very expensive so you may want to look at hey sharing a space if you're if you're very keen on location if definitely in in the medical is is definitely is important for location um, you may want to try doing workspace um, first launching out if you want a location um, to bring your patients or if you just want to have a space to just work out of. So um, it's definitely you want to you want to definitely do a lot of your research. Um, definitely get very com um, competent in lease agreements, um, the clauses um, in those agreements, mm -hmm. um, especially during the time with COVID. Maybe you can work out a month to month. Um, so it's is it's definitely ways that number one, you definitely want to research. Number two, do your research as in the location, probability of money being made, the rent um, that you have to pay, and and the communities that that there are surrounding. Um, Social economics um, mm -hmm. have a lot to do with it, and is that area looking for that particular service as as a definite need? So it. it like fitness, um, you know, it's part of the medical in, in, in ways of physical therapy, maybe thriving to where there's a lot of geriatric and they need physical therapy, but having a skincare, product, a skincare salon in that same location may not be probable for you in your particular mm -hmm. location. So you have to break everything down into sectors of saying, well, this particular um, business that I'm in may not be profitable in this area that I'm looking at. Maybe I need to look at the one down the street or mm. in a different part of town. Um, so um, it, it, you definitely want to move slow, but it's definitely a great way to get your business out there to have that brick and mortar say, hey, we are here, we're here to stay, and you can come visit us whenever you want. So I'm definitely mm -hmm. excited about embarking into that. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Indeed. And, um, you know, what I've noticed about health sector is that it's actually changed rapidly over the last, you know, few years. And what I've noticed is that it's because of technology, because nowadays, um, you know, patients are no longer, you know, um, trying to kind of follow their old traditional ways. They're very now tech savvy and, you know, everybody's got a phone, everyone has got a mobile. And so you can access your, you know, different types of apps when it comes to, um, you know, technology. Um, and so I wanted to kind of look at the best ways to actually incorporate technology into the medical business you know, because I believe that, you know, the more attractive, um, you know, your your medical um, business is, the more you'll be able to kind of attract more people, especially when you have digital products. Um, you can definitely get um, your patients to actually, you know, go online and um, order your, your services. And it's 
very much accessible and you can actually personalize it. But, you know, what is your take on those on those different types of ways to kind of incorporate technology into a medical business? Oh, gosh, it is a must. It's a must. Have. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely it's a must. Yeah. Um, many years, it, it, it was the, the ongoing conversation about adding technology to your business. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, it has brought it so to the forefront of I have to have it. So um, I was fortunate enough to start the, the technological software before COVID. So I was not running around with my head cut off trying to find out who, who should I use. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely technology is great. Um, definitely electronic signing is a great way. Um, definitely when you're doing virtual home care, um, mm-hmm. Many times you can partner with with um, healthcare vendors where they'll have devices where they can actually you can take the vitals electronically in their mm-hmm. home. Um, so there there's many ways that you can definitely be more in tune with your patients or clients um, more readily than it was before COVID. Um, that it was like, yeah, come into the office for me to see you. And now it's like, well, telehealth has definitely has taken the place where people don't have to leave their home that if, if they have a concern, like many of my patients, I can just virtually um, zoom them in and we'll have a conversation. I can see what what's going on with their surgical uh, advice. Um, if it's over my head, then I'll definitely reference them to someone who can definitely um, assist them with that. Like mm-hmm. I said, my um, my my psychology team they definitely are definitely on the technology of being able to also do teller psychology therapy sessions with them um, and making it a lot quicker for the intake forms to have a a faster turnaround time for them to actually talk with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So technology is definitely needed um, in your business. Um, taking payments, um, contact-free payments is definitely um, a must. <laughs> it's definitely a must. because Definitely. Talking of payments. <laughs> yeah, because now cash is, is becoming almost obsolete in many ways of of taking payments for your for services, so mm-hmm. um, definitely you want to have um, companies. I, I would say it's always good to go with one that's been the long standing that has many years, and also that hasn't been caught in any type of data breaches. Um, that definitely shows a lot that okay, their their cybersecurity is very um, very secure. They're constantly on it, so that definitely is one of the um, the high alerts and as a um, healthcare provider um, is making sure that all the medical records are being protected. Um, um, so it's, 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 it definitely can be a deal breaker. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, technology definitely is so important now to, to function um, very well in between your patients and finances. Right. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, talking about finances and payments, um, you know, I know that healthcare businesses can sometimes be cost effective. 
with little or low overheads but sometimes they might have very high potential high profit potential but um, it can also be very expensive you know I'm sure you've had to spend quite a lot of um, you know money in the beginning in terms of starting out and sometimes it requires you know you to have specialist medical um, equipment and supplies and you know also pay salary as well um, for highly qualified staff so you know looking at those who are thinking of starting and they're thinking about you know getting themselves funding so what are the opportunities that are out there when it comes to funding yes funding mm -hmm. um, <laughs> i will tell you i um there 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 are some great funding especially um uh, minority groups, women-owned businesses. Um, I I try to um, target um, grants to where mm -hmm. I don't have to pay them back. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely gear towards the grants. Um, definitely, I would tell anyone, especially women, score an SBA in your in you know find if if you're not in the USA. Um, in whatever country that you're in, definitely try to find uh, that organization that that supports women-owned businesses to where they can help you to find funding because that's going to be your best friend. Um, uh, Small Business Administration and SCORE um, has definitely been my, um, my back pocket of finding funding um, to fund my business, definitely during the COVID. Um, when I first started my business, I bootstrapped. I really did. I took what I had and I just start pouring into it. Um, so um, I didn't really see a whole lot of return back. It was a lot of just throwing in there, but definitely now with with there's more women getting into business and starting their own business, it's definitely funding out there. So definitely go to your local SBA score or local um local government to where they they have money aside for women owned. Um, you just got to ask, ask questions, um, network with other um, female entrepreneurs who also have gotten funding and they can give you the insight and the secrets on how to snag that money. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's power in networking and it's so yes. important that you just go out there and ask people and just see how people are actually doing it. Sometimes people keep those information to themselves, but don't give up, you know, look for other means of resource to be able to get all the information and details that you need to help you get started. And I love the fact that you just, you know, just um, started it without even thinking of being of being perfect because sometimes we focus on being you know perfect i want to have everything together i need to have my own location and all that kind of stuff but sometimes it's not even necessary you just have to start with what you have and then gradually it will grow and it will build right oh yes oh yes because mm -hmm. it's very expensive and yeah it, it, it's very few people where they say hey the first 90 days you know, I made a million dollars or I made a half a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. Many company, many small businesses is, it, I mean, you're going into what the fourth or fifth year when you really start seeing somebody start mm -hmm. really seeing the referrals coming in um, to start 
making money. So um, it's definitely wise to be, well, hey, if, if you can get an investor that will say, hey, I'm, 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 I believe in your, your vision that I will help you to bring it forth. That's the, that's great too. Yeah. Um, so I would say just, just focus on what you can do now. Um, stay connected to people, keep meeting with people because once it start coming in, um, you're going to be able to get those other things and you're going to have the brick and more if you want that. Then you're going to have the, the partnerships and um, with other service providers to where, and for you know what, you have a full-blown, you have employees, a full-blown organization, and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm like hands-off the skill base, but I'm hands-on on the business, as in making sure everything is running smoothly um, at, as the owner of, of the company. So I would say, you know, be patient with yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy the ride because it's more of a inner transformation than it is external. Mm. So, you know, what you see now was 12 years of work. So sacrifice, study. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so it's, I tell people is that, you know, do not get it confused and say, oh, wow, you're doing this. It was many times. And I still do where there was a lot of no's, a lot of slamming of the doors, a mm. lot of, 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 of questioning my, my qualifications. And, and even now 20, you know, even now I, I, I still, you know, you go through those challenges of, of people questioning, are you qualified to do this? Mm. Um, um, and many times it's just out of their own insecurities, but you have to, that's where that inner work and having that counselor and having that support team, business and personal to help you along the way and say, hey, keep going, keep going and be and and be the cheerleader for others. Because when you're the cheerleader for others and other entrepreneurs, it it, it opens the floodgate for so many blessings to come your way. It just really does. Like I met you, Miss Hannah. (laughs) That is so true. And and it opens the floodgates. And it's like, wow. If I was not open to sharing and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, come on my podcast. Hey, let's talk. Let's let's meet." Things won't open up when you have a closed hand. They That's only right. open up when your your palms are open. And you say, mm. "I will give you what I have," and not looking for anything in return because I know it's going to come back. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. It's really important that we have the art of giving. So, so important. Definitely. And and seeing each other win, you know, when there's a win and and like you were saying for in celebrating all Mm -hmm. sizes of your wins, not the ones that well, once I hit the meal, (laughs) the meal will come. But once you're still hitting the hundreds, still celebrate that. It's like, you know, enjoying that, hey, I went from 50 to now 100 followers yeah. on my Instagram. Exactly. It, that, because that is the, you know, how you respond in your winnings and how, and greatly how you respond in your losses and other people's winning determines how far you're going to go up. Mm. If you're, if, if you're despising other people's wins because they're getting something that you want 
that that lets your God knows that okay, you're not ready, and so mm. um, always be in, in the position of you know one one thing that one pastor has said is that God will allow you to see things; He will let you see things just so you to know that it's possible. But it's up yes. to you if you're gonna if you're going to receive it. Yeah. That's so true. Indeed. I always encourage people to celebrate their winnings. I celebrate my winnings. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. I celebrate it because it's so, so key. It's so, so important. You know, thank you so much for that. And, you know, talking about money um, a few minutes ago, I just wanted to know how profitable is the medical business? That is the billion dollar question. How profitable is it? <laughs> Are you now a billion dollar babe? <laughs> Look, it's, it, it, it's, you know, I, I, I will say this. I think it, it is as probable as you are as markable. Hmm. I, I truly do believe that. I really, the more, the more that I move in my business and, and, and believe me, I have not hit, I have not even hit the hundred thousand yet, y'all. I have not. And you will. <laughs> markability is, 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 is the money maker. And I really, that's the insight that I really have gotten that as long as I'm markable and that I'm staying relevant, yeah, it's going to come in. Indeed. Come in. So, and, and also competent in what I'm doing. Definitely that too, being highly competent, being markable and being very, and always staying relevant. You're going to make money. Absolutely. We all going to make money, aren't we? You're going to make money. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what advice could you give our listeners to those who are thinking about, you know, embarking on this journey of starting their own medical um, business, what kind of advice would you give them? Oh, I will say to the young person, to the young Jillian, first starting out like, oh my God, I have these $2 in my hand, <laughs> um, hoping, have all this ambitious of, of, of this dream company of, I would say, number one, you got to learn how to trust yourself. Yeah. Um, especially as women, especially speaking to my aspiring entrepreneur, female women, women entrepreneurs, is that many times we go through disappointments. If it's a divorce or a breakup, money loss, the first thing that we, we lose is the ability to trust us, to trust yourself. Yeah, we lose all trust, don't we? Yes, and, mm. and and we go into the double thinking, you know. Yeah, we need validation as well. <laughs> and 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 mm. that's number one because your business needs you to be so confident in what you can do. That's yeah. how it's going to start thriving. If it feels that you're unsure and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's like I can't I can't grow because yeah. I need you to be confident and trusting your ability to make decisions right? and embrace your mistakes because mistakes brings, brings you now into wisdom. And so 
I, I would leave with that. I, I, I think I would definitely leave with that is the learning the ability to trust yourself. Because yes. everything else behind that is going to become a lot easier. You're going to be able to to bring people on. Well, well, trusting you'll be able to vet people, mm -hmm. slow to move, to make a decision. Um, and you you will um, you will be able to be proud of your accomplishments and not need a validation from the external. Definitely you know. for sure. So you know, how can <laughs> how can people actually reach you and get in touch with you um, if you want to share your social media platforms with our listeners, so they can actually connect with you? Yes, um, you um, they can definitely connect with me on Instagram, Surgery Care Atlanta, um, my Facebook page, Post Surgery Care Atlanta, um, Twitter post-surgery Atlanta and the website www.postsurgeryatlanta.org and I think that's it Instagram Twitter fantastic so I'm sharing all those links yes and and they can also reach out on my LinkedIn mm -hmm. Simpson <laughs> fantastic you are so calm and just a lovely amazing woman very softly and gently spoken and I really love that about you. Thank it's just you. been a pleasure having you on this platform today. Um, how have you found the whole podcast communications, the process, you know, um, connecting with me? How has it been for you? Oh, it's been wonderful. I, 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 I started when we first connected. I said, oh, let yeah. me try. And I just listened to your show and I'm getting the same feel that I got when I was listening to your episode and I still listen to them. Oh, so, thank you so yeah, much. Still <laughs> I, um, I definitely get in that same aura. So it's yeah. nothing different. It's, it's the same, very mm -hmm. calm. It's very, very gentle, very calming. Yes. No pressure. Very relaxed <laughs> and like, Oh my God, I just need my aromatherapy going on and relax. <laughs> Listen, it's so good to see you on the show. I am so honored to have you here. It's been an amazing opportunity. You've shared some amazing nuggets with everybody today. And, you know, many people are going to definitely take away many of the amazing opportunity that you've shared tonight. We've talked about choosing a speciality. We've talked about the, the legalities of medical um, business and also location, you know, so many things. It's just been an amazing opportunity. So I just wanted to say thank you so much, um, Jill Simpson, for being here today. And so, well, that's all for today's episode of Birth Your Vision podcast. And I just want to say thanks for listening. And thank you to my amazing guest, Gillian Simpson, for joining me today. So join me next week with another incredible guest. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you will never get to miss any episodes. Also, check out all the links in the show notes. Please, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, kindly do so because I normally share all the latest updates and tips on um, starting your own podcast show as well. So make sure you keep in touch and see you next week. And from my guest, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you, Miss Hannah. Thank you.
You are truly welcome. Have a great evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.